This episode of the OrthoBullets podcast will go over the topic of TKA in patella baja from the recon section on orthobullets.com. Patella baja is characterized by lowering of the patella relative to its normal position. This may be congenital or acquired. The acquired type is what we'll be discussing in this episode. With respect to the pathophysiology of acquired patella baja, common causes include proximal tibial osteotomy, where patella baja is the most common complication seen following a proximal tibial opening wedge osteotomy. This may be caused by shortening of the patellar tendon during tibial osteotomy or from scarring of the patellar tendon postoperatively. Other common causes of acquired patella baja include a tibial tubercle slide or transfer, trauma to the proximal tibia, technical error during primary total knee replacement with joint line elevation, and ACL reconstruction. Patella baja is an important consideration when performing a total knee arthroplasty. Improper technique may cause patella baja. Special techniques must be utilized when performing TKA in patients with patella baja from congenital or acquired causes, like tibial osteotomy and prior total knee arthroplasty. As far as the presentation of TKA in patella baja, symptoms include anterior impingement knee pain and knee stiffness. Physical exam may reveal a mechanical block to full flexion, and the limited flexion is due to patellar impingement on the tibia in extremes of flexion. Recommended views on radiographs include AP and lateral views of the knee. The lateral view of the knee in 30 degrees of flexion is used to measure the insole salvati ratio, which measures the ratio of the patellar tendon length to patellar bone length. A normal insole salvati ratio is 1 to 1 between the length of the patellar tendon length to the patellar bone length. As far as findings, on the lateral view in extension, you will find distal positioning of the patella in relation to the trochlear groove, and an insole salvati ratio of less than 0.8 is consistent with patella baja. Treatment for patella baja can be non-operative or operative. Non-operative management includes activity modifications and physical therapy. Indications include mild symptoms in younger patients. Operative options include total knee replacement, and indications include severe impingement in older patients with osteoarthritis. As far as total knee arthroplasty in patients with patella baja, methods to address this issue include placing the patellar component superiorly, lowering the joint line, transferring the tibial tubercle to a cephalad position, and patellectomy. Placing the patellar component superiorly is indicated in mild patella baja. As far as surgical technique, use a smaller patellar dome placed on the superior aspect of the patella and trim the inferior bone to decrease flexion impingement. Lowering the joint line is indicated for moderate patella baja. The surgical technique will add distal femoral augmentation and cut more proximal tibia to lower the joint line with a lower tibial cut. Make sure to avoid bone cuts that raise the joint line, as raising the joint line will effectively increase the patella baja deformity. Keep in mind that lowering the joint line may require a revision knee system. Transferring the tibial tubercle to the cephalad position is indicated for moderate patella baja. The technique is difficult due to complexity of a tibial transfer in proximity to a cemented tibial component. With respect to outcomes, unpredictable bone healing leads to variable and often poor outcomes. Patients may be left with extensor lag. Finally, a patellectomy is indicated for severe patella baja. Techniques include altering the tension in the anterior knee mechanism, therefore it's recommended to use a cruciate substituting system. Consider a partial patellectomy in which the patella is resected to a width of 10 to 12 millimeters. This lessens impingement and crepitus while maintaining some of the fulcrum of the patella. 
Okay, so now that we've gone over the major points about this topic, let's go over a few questions to apply the information and get a sense of how this topic has been tested on past exams. First question. Patellabaha is a known problem commonly encountered intraoperatively when converting which of the following patients to a total knee arthroplasty. And the choices are 1. Previous medial compartment unicompartmental arthroplasty, 2. Previous medial proximal tibial opening wedge osteotomy, 3. Previous lateral distal femoral closing wedge osteotomy, 4. Previous patellofemoral unicompartmental arthroplasty, and 5. Patellabaha is not associated with any of the presented options. So patellabaha is often encountered during conversion from a high tibial osteotomy that is whether proximal medial opening or lateral closing, to a total knee arthroplasty. So the correct answer to this question is 2, previous medial proximal tibial opening wedge osteotomy. To quickly review, high tibial osteotomy has been well described as an effective procedure for treatment of medial compartmental osteoarthritis of the knee, especially in young and active individuals. Potential causes of patella baja when converting a previous high tibial osteotomy to total knee arthroplasty include scarring from the previous surgery and shortening of the patellar tendon. Medding et al. reported on the results of 39 bilateral TKAs at an average of 8.7 years after unilateral high tibial osteotomy. They concluded that despite preoperative alignment differences, the results of TKA in knees with and without a previous HTO are not significantly different. Wright et al. assessed the patellar height and patellar ligament length pre- and postoperatively in 28 patients who underwent a medial opening wedge proximal tibial osteotomy for varus gonarthrosis. They found that 64% of patients met the radiographic criteria for patella baja postoperatively. They concluded that the high incidence of patella baja following medial opening wedge proximal tibial osteotomy may have deleterious effects on patellofemoral biomechanics or may complicate subsequent total knee arthroplasty. Moving on to the next question, what is the most frequent complication of both lateral closing wedge high tibial osteotomy and medial opening wedge osteotomy? And the choices are 1. Patella baja, 2. Fracture, 3. Perineal nerve palsy, 4. Compartment syndrome, and 5. Infection. So this is very similar to the previous question, and the correct answer is 1, patella baja. But to quickly review, Scuderi and Associates reported on patellar height after a high tibial osteotomy. 89% of the patellae as measured by the Insol Salvati Index and 76.3% as measured by the Blackburn Peel Index were observed to be lowered. More recently, Wright and Associates reported a 64% incidence of patella baja in patients undergoing a medial opening wedge osteotomy. The incidence of intraarticular fracture during medial opening wedge osteotomy has been reported to be as high as 11% by Hernigo and Associates, where the incidence of intraarticular fracture during lateral closing wedge high tibial osteotomy has been reported to be 10% to 20% by Matthews and Associates. The incidence of perineal nerve palsy with a lateral closing wedge high tibial osteotomy ranges from 0% to 20%, according to Marty and Associates, whereas the incidence of perineal palsy following a medial opening wedge osteotomy has been reported to be 15.7% by Flierl and Associates. The exact incidence of compartment syndrome after a high tibial osteotomy is not known. However, it does not reach the level of patella baja. The incidence of deep infection after a lateral closing wedge high tibial osteotomy ranges from 0 to 4%, according to Billings and Associates. And moving on to the final question for this topic, 
a 25-year-old healthy active male undergoes lateral closing wedge high tibial osteotomy. Which of the following complaints is most commonly associated with this procedure? And the choices are 1. Joint laxity, 2. Infection, 3. Anterior knee pain, 4. Quadriceps weakness, and 5. Limb lengthening. So the most common complaint associated with lateral closing wedge high tibial osteotomy is anterior knee pain, making 3 the correct answer to this question. Lateral closing wedge high tibial osteotomies are commonly associated with anterior knee pain due to the high incidence of patella baja postoperatively. Patella baja, again, is characterized by the lowering of the patella relative to its normal position, which is typically measured using the insol salvati ratio of less than 0.8 with a normal ratio of 0.8 to 1.2. The most common symptoms associated with patella baja include anterior impingement, knee pain, and knee stiffness. Again, Scuderi et al. evaluated the effect of proximal tibial osteotomy on patellar height in 66 patients. They found that patellar height decreased by 89% as measured by the Insol Salvati Index and 76.3% as measured by the Blackburn Peel Index postoperatively. Again, Wright et al. reviewed the complications associated with lateral closing wedge and medial opening wedge high tibial osteotomy, and they reported a 64% incidence of patella baja following these high tibial osteotomy techniques with associated complaints of anterior knee pain. That's all for this review about TKA in patella baja. Hopefully that was helpful. This is the OrthoBullets podcast, a daily audio review session by OrthoBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for orthopedic surgery education. If you're enjoying the podcast so far, please consider leaving us a five-star rating and writing us a review on iTunes. It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Thanks so much, and we'll see you all tomorrow.